When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Football Social Daily Premier League Updates. This is Football Social Daily, daily Premier League news in podcast form. I'm Jim Salverson, and you could say today is a premium podcast Yay. because this morning that's Adam Brown and Joe McGrath hello boys hello you're right Jim, Jim. You're otherwise okay. known as the excess Manchester breakfast show the premium Manchester breakfast show <laughs> <laughs> is that catching on that thing big time I think so right they also happen to be Manchester City and Manchester United fans respectively so that is perfectly placing them to talk about last night's Caribou Cup semi-final first leg and the mauling that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's team received. We're also going to build up to tonight's semi-final, the second semi-final, that struggling Aston Villa who travel to high-flying Leicester City in the second semi-final derby match, I guess. And we're going to look at a few of the tasty morsels on the back pages of the papers, which includes a potential exit from Manchester United for Ashley Young and yet more rumours linking Wilfred Zahar away from Crystal Palace. But let's start with last night's derby match. Sorry, Joe. Manchester United won... Manchester City 3, in a result that you could argue, I guess, flattered Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, 100% flattered them. There was a point where I, I really thought this could be um, awful. That's the word for it. And I just thought it could be embarrassing. There was a lot of people flying um, tweets around saying, what score would it end mm. uh, that you think Ollie would get the sack? And I was thinking, well, you know, five or six, yeah, it's bad. Um, but yeah, went out there with an idea that we were going to do the exactly the same thing to them uh, that we did early in December, not remembering that in charge of that uh, Manchester City side is a very clever manager um, Mm. a a manager that won't let that happen again Um, he often learns from his mistakes and that's what's made him a a top top manager he knows when he's been beaten and then he just re-evaluates his whole um, tactics and when he has the match again or when he goes up against the same opponents it's not going to happen he won't be beaten I think it might even be the same for for Liverpool uh, away when they travel to the Etihad you know City didn't have a good time against them that won't happen again at the Etihad because that's what Pep Guardiola does to his sides he he evaluates stuff uh, and he knows what he's going to do and what they did was just 
freaked the life out United and they just had an absolute field day with what was an atrocious midfield and a really poor back four to the fact that you know Bernardo Silva's a stunning opening goal you might think oh that was uh, well done that great shot or oh, a bit lucky no he knew what he was doing he had freedom outside the box mm. he had freedom to shoot and that man is a great you know he, he puts the ball in the uh, in the back, in the top of the net David De Gea's got no chance and that was all down to giving him too much space and defenders not knowing what to do when a man with his skill is on the ball. They didn't close him down enough and that, that just led the floodgates open him. You talk about Pep Guardiola's ability to assess an opposition and make changes that are appropriate. That's just a sign of a good manager, isn't it? It's not a football manager. You can't <laughs> yeah. just go, ah, oh, 4-4-2 works. We're going to play that every single game no matter who we're playing. Uh, sadly, though, that's what kind of we did. Uh, United sort of put out a same... A side that you'd have thought could have been uh, on the counter-attack a lot and playing the football we did against them at the Etihad. That wasn't going to be the case, nor should it be the case at Old Trafford. Young wingers were on the pitch. You had James, obviously you had Rashford, uh, Greenwood, all very pacey. But from the the pace they've got, you need someone to deliver the balls mm. to them. Fred isn't that player. Matic isn't that player. There's no point Rashford, Greenwood uh, and James running for their lives if the balls aren't getting to them. Uh, and we just lack that quality. So when Solskjaer put out these really pacey uh, forwards, there was just a, the little finish, the little click, clicks, the little... The, the thing that made United work quite well last time just wasn't there. And it was upsetting to watch. And, you know, we were rightfully beaten. Given a, given a good idea, as McGrath would say. As for Manchester City, Adam, you would have seen that starting lineup, and I saw a few people on Twitter, City fans, going, "What is Guardiola doing? This isn't this isn't a winning team here." But it it, it worked. We did it with no number nine last night. I mean, we didn't have a you know you could argue we didn't really have an out and out striker at all playing last night, and I thought the golfing quality, particularly in the midfield, really shone through last night. Um, and when it was when the three goals in quick succession, I really thought there's no way Solskjaer's going to survive this. I do think personally, I think some of those United players were a disgrace. Honestly, I'm honest. I'm going to say that some of those so-called senior players at United, they need to take a long hard look at themselves because they're making Solskjaer look worse than he is. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I've been quite critical of Solskjaer, but I don't think the whole book should stop with him. There's obviously issues about the hierarchy at United that mm. you know that's for another time. Um, but the players, I mean. They're not young players either. They're experienced players. Some of them have been there since Ferguson. They've been there from Van Gaal. They're experienced players that are not. They're not like oh, give them a few years and it's going to come good. They've got players there that have played over 100 Premier League games. Is it their fault? Them... Are they just not good enough? Well, why are they still there? That's yeah. the, that's that's the issue. I mean, Solskjaer's going. Well, he wants to give Maguire. You know, Maguire can't play every single game, so he brings Phil Jones in. I know it's it's easy to target Phil Jones, but. <laughs> What I, I can't as every ne- opposition team does. I've never, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But I, honestly, I mean, I, the golfing quality last night for me was it, it was a real eye opener. I didn't know we were that far ahead of you. You're very, very. I mean, you got to think these are still some signings from uh, Sharks Ferguson's last couple of seasons at United that are still playing at the club, and that was a long, long time ago. It's 2013 now. That was seven years ago, and you know, still these players that just were okay for United then are still managing to hang on seven years later uh, you, you mentioned even some of the, the players that I mean I, I won't even say what you told to me during the the breakfast show today if you oh, want to say oh, it, I'm like, ready to get, right, I've got a go. bit of a list ready okay. you stunned me with this and I was like listen we're going to do the, the weather or? no there's some serious serious problems at United and you know what 
Do you want me to do it now, Jim? What is this? Is this a list of this the problems? Is, this, this is a no, list, list, let, let him just go because he goes all right, in. This, goes, is a, this, all is, right. this is the problem with, right, with, let you go with, with United, one. right? It's not going to take too long, but I've, I've listed it. I'll have to censor it slightly as well because <laughs> these are the players that, are, for, for me, need to immediately leave United. Okay. okay. Pogba, end product, not good enough to justify all the trouble that comes with it, yep. all yeah. the problems. Uh, Jones, embarrassing. Rojo, awful. He's done nothing since he's been at United. He's nearly 30. Right, he's not a young player. He's nearly thirty. Right, seasoned professional. Been rubbish at United. Matic, best days past him. Get rid of him. Fred, fifty million quid they paid for him for a player that now apparently. Oh no, he's just a squad player. He's not a first choice player. He's nearly twenty-seven. He should be in his prime. He's got better this season, but is he really the man to drive United forward? Is he the driving force of the no. midfield at United? No. Get rid of him. There's no point in keeping him around. <laughs> Lingard. I'll say this: he's twenty players in the Championship better than him. <laughs> Bradley Dax, one he's of them. prospect, though, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know he's a youngster. That's the bit that stuck me this morning youngster. when you said there's 20 players in the Championship better than him. Calvin and Phillips you know what? I probably believe you. Calvin Phillips at Leeds. Um, let's, let's not list the 20 um, players. There, there is, though. There is, right? There is. I there is. Okay, uh, Matter, this one might hurt a few. Matter, mm-hmm. in my opinion, has stayed at United for ages because he's a nice guy. He wanders around the northern quarter in Manchester taking pictures. <laughs> and people like him because of that. Don't get me wrong. He's, been a, he's a talented player. But he's finished. Yeah, he's done. He's finished. And he and a lot of these players as well are getting past it. And I've you got know. two more yet, Joe. Oh, gonna, sorry, yeah, just yeah, a quick I think one. There's a few more you could add to that. Shaw, yeah. big fitness worries. <laughs> Constantly, right? Yeah. So he's he's just apparently injured. There's no point even keeping him. 15 left backs in the Premier League better than him. <laughs> and Lindelof, mm-hmm. he was meant to be this great, oh, he's a cultured defender. He's the perfect foil for Maguire. It's too weak. He's just not imposing enough for me. Mm. You've got to have someone who's going to, you know, think of the, the Ferdinand Vidic partnership. I know it's, he can't, but that's what great teams are built on great defensive I partnerships. I think there's more names you could add to that as well. Probably is. Mentor, I think you could probably add David De Gea, I think, had his time at United. You've got Dean Henderson, who's a better goalkeeper, Pereira as well. A Pereira, it was awful. Awful. They're, right. They're, so, it just illustrates the issues that are at yeah. Manchester United just in the playing staff. And when it, when it, you know, when it, when it's. Quicker to name the players that are be- that, that are good enough to play for United. Compared, they've got more players now that are that are shocking than good. And when that when that balance in your squad is that in is that way, there's, there's, I think these big big problems at United. And now the question is, if they're going to back Solskjaer and say to him, it's going to take three or four transfer windows to sort this out, minimum, and it's going to cost hundreds of million millions of pounds. Hundreds m- of millions. M- I mean, on top of what they've already spent. So, is it, they need to make a decision? Is Solskjaer going to be the guy? I mean, I don't think they should sack him now. If they're going to get rid of him, wait till the summer. Mm. But you question if Pochettino's going to come in, are these going to be still available in the summer? So, look, these big, big transfers that have got to be made, a lot of players shipped out of the club for me. I'd sensed a bit of a change with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the last few weeks. I thought the pressure on him was alleviating slightly. I thought fans were beginning to get behind him. Results were getting a little bit better. But yesterday, you saw it just change. You saw opinion change on a sixpence. Yeah. And suddenly it was Ole out. It was sack the man. It was get Pochettino in. Has he got to the end of the season? I, I, don't, I, don't, I really, I do think he'll get to the end of the season. But I think United will be ripping their hair out. United fans will be ripping their hair out whilst the end of the season uh, comes by. You've still got obviously we have got one more game left in the Carabao Cup. I think that'll be over. You've got the FA Cup replay, which is another game that throws into the mix. You're not out of you, it. Are you not game. out of it? Your Europa League. So we're still in all the competitions. You know, because not because going to win the Prem. But you know, <laughs> all these competitions. So what that means is loads more games what that means is loads more chances for unfit players and for poor players to show just how poor they are yeah. if, if United were just in the Premier League I think Ollie would 
survive until the end of the season, no doubt, because he'll just get by. But because of all these different competitions, and he's all got to play Phil Jones. He's got to play these unbelievably poor plays that then reflects bad on him yeah. and makes him poor. So right. we, we go to Wolves, get knocked out by Wolves in the FA Cup. There's a, wow, cross there, Europa League. You know, United uh, and Manchester United, they expect to go quite far in it, but a hiccup could be on the way. We've seen, we've we've been hiccuped by such poor teams this season. Why can't we expect the Spanish team who might just throw? You know, all the stops at us. I just think there's a lot of opportunities for Oli to crumble with all these different competitions that we're in. And that, for me, is why he'll be sacked before the end of uh, the, the win. Let uh, me tell you this season. as well, just quickly, because I know obviously the transfer are being open and stuff like that. And my mate's saying, oh, we can buy players, we can sell players and all that. Well, the market value of a lot of the players that are going to be shipped out of United are next to nothing. You're not going to raise more than 15 million for, a lot, for many of them players, no. realistically. Because, uh, like you said, they've been poor when they've played, when they've been called upon. And my mate was going, oh, well, it's all right, you know, because we're still United, we can attract players. I said, you can attract players, yeah, because you've got the history and the club's a huge club still, you know, uh, internationally. You will attract certain players, but I think United are now going to the stage where Liverpool were 10, 15 years ago. So we saw Liverpool obviously had all the success in the 80s. The 90s uh, and the early 2000s, obviously Liverpool, they still won trophies here and there, but by and large, they were, you know, also runs in the Premier League they never quite got the top top players they sort of strike it looking out again by getting a Suarez or that sort of player mm. but I said you know what Liverpool did that and they missed out on Champions League qualification now and again you're in the Europa League and before they knew it they had Paul Konchesky at left back <laughs> so do, do you know what I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, no. so United fans I think you just yeah. need to err on the side of caution and, and go you know what yet, yeah, I can but, see you can see you continue to miss not, out you continue uh, to underperform and you do get there I'll tell you what there were two things before we stop kicking United, two yeah. things that I think are quite telling. One is that if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got sacked tomorrow, he wouldn't get another job in England. He wouldn't get a job in the Premier League. He wouldn't get a job in the Championship, which kind of makes you go, should he be the job yeah. in charge of Manchester United? The other one was the comment he made after the game in his post-match yeah. press conference when he said that Manchester United need to learn to hold on to a 1-0 loss. <laughs> and I thought, that is an insane thing for any manager to say. But for a manager of Manchester United to go, we need to learn how to lose 1-0... It's a crazy, it's a crazy statement that doesn't suit the football club. What I don't get is when you have a lot of these uh, people who analyse the fact that Oli was going to come in uh, and shake things up a bit, or when he was the manager, and you say that well, Oli has been under some of the greatest managers of all time. You know, Fergie, he would have learned so much from Fergie. Fergie's in his ear all the time. Fergie's helping him out. Fergie's at training. Fergie would have never said anything like that in his yeah. life so is Phil actually having an effect on Ollie because it doesn't seem like he is he also uh, mentioned that he quite enjoyed the second half performance like like it, like we won it because obviously we scored one goal that's not how it works no. do you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> we won the second half he's out of his depth yeah. and it's unfortunate it's the, kind of, it's the kind of thing you say at five aside isn't it yeah, yeah, like, we, won, yeah. we got beat 11-1 but we won the second yeah. half exactly right. if his next goal wins we'd have won he's out of his depth um, you know, one thing I will say in his defence, because I don't want to just seem like I'm, I'm, I'm bashing United too much, is that I think the players he's brought in have, by and large, been all right. I think, unfortunately for mm. Maguire, obviously they've, United have conceded a lot of goals this season, but I think that's largely due to the fact that he's got no protection in front of him. Yeah. So Maguire's been exposed a lot more defensively because of the midfield's been non-existent for United. But Maguire, Wambasaka, and particularly Daniel James, three great signings and three signings that I think is, yeah. could remain at the club for a long time, I think. Before we move on to Leicester City versus Aston Villa, just a quick word on Manchester City because Pep Guardiola hasn't been immune from criticism this season. As far as his standards are concerned, it hasn't been a brilliant season. But yesterday, the game kind of framed it in a completely different light for me this season for Manchester City because Pep has experimented. He has tried new things and 
I think he found this season that maybe his previous tactics, his previous way of playing had been found out a little bit and teams had found a way to cope with it. And so he's mixed up the season. And when you frame the whole season as one of experimentation, of trying new things, it kind of puts a bit of a different spin on it, doesn't it? It definitely has been uh, the most experimental season that, that Guardiola's had in England uh, by far. And um, I think that... I mean, he, the manager that he always struggled against was was Klopp. Even before this great Liverpool side, um, you know, he, he'd always been. That was the the one team that he seemed to kind of come up against and, and not be able to kind of fathom it. And I think a lot of other teams have probably seen what the teams that have had success against City have done and yeah. tried that. And then and he's had to adapt. He's had to adapt, and he's had to you know change his system up a little bit. Obviously, we've had quite a few injuries as well this season. I do feel like him not getting another defender in has been detrimental. I mean, losing. You know, our, arguably our best centre back all season has mm. been been massive. But uh, you know, I think a lot of City fans uh, like myself this season, it's not the Premier League's done. That's it; it's finished. Yep. Um, but in terms of what we've seen, showing that Guardiola has got a plan B, which I th- the people had often questioned that, saying, "Oh, he's got one way of playing." That's it. And if that if you if you get sussed out, that it's finished. I think he has got other ways of of playing. Which hopefully we get the right recruitment again in the summer. We can kick on and. Uh, Start chasing Liverpool down a little bit. It makes me think he might stick around for a little bit longer because I was convinced he was going in the summer. But yeah. now I, I see this kind of development. And I'm going, ah, maybe he's planning for the future a little bit. Yeah, there's been a lot of whisperings that that's it, you know, yeah. um, he's going to go. But I think that if he went in summer, uh, a lot of people would be like, oh, he's just, he's quit because he can't keep up with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah and I don't think, yeah, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like that. that. He's, 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 even though he's quite, he comes across as being quite, laid back and quite chill you don't like anyone getting the better of him I think he reads everything oh, I think he's yeah. all over everything he's checking the forums yeah. he's looking at <laughs> <the> hashtags <laughs> he's a clever man and he wants to be across everything and he'll see this thing that oh you can only win a Champions League with Messi you can only do this and he'll get frustrated by it he'll be fuming about it and I think that yeah he, he won't leave next year I think he's got one more season left yeah. he's got unfinished business at City definitely I think one foot in the Caribou Cup final is looking very likely, Adam. Do you care about it yet as a City fan? Or is it only the moment you lift the trophy that it actually becomes worth a competition worth pursuing? Yeah, when you get to the final, I think it's like, we might as well win it. Honestly, if we'd have been uh, if we'd have knocked out in earlier round, I'd have just been like, yeah. oh, well, it's only the Carabao Cup. But I'm 100% fickle that if we go to Wembley and we win it, we're like, yes, it's another trophy. <laughs> you know, it's one of them where when you're in the final, I mean, I think a lot of the, 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 the big clubs feel the same way about it. It's like, mm. well, you might as well put it in, you know, have it on your honours list. If, if you're there, you might True. as well win. But if you do get knocked out earlier on, it, it, it's not the big trophy is it to win two clubs that will be very keen on lifting that trophy in Wembley will be Aston Villa or Leicester City they face off tonight in the other Caribou Cup semi-final we'll talk about that next on Football Social Daily Football Social Daily Premier League updates I love my club every match the manager every player who's pulled on the shirt don't just talk to me about football talk to me about my one and only I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only. With Sports Social, get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. 
Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Football Social Daily, Daily Premier League news in podcast form. I've got Adam and Joe from the Excess Manchester Breakfast Show here. And Hello. we're going to talk about Leicester City versus Aston Villa. Two derbies in the Caribou Cup semi-finals. Mm. This is the second, the Midlands derby, which will add a little bit of spice to a competition that both teams... I mean. We are talking earlier about neither United fans or City fans being particularly bothered about the Caribou Cup final. With all respect to Leicester City and Aston Villa, you'd think they'd both fancy winning this one. Leicester City because they deserve yeah. something from this season, yeah. essentially. Aston Villa because it'll be a welcome distraction from the relegation battle they find themselves in. I think Leicester City, uh, with the squad that they've got to, so far this season, has been wonderful uh, to see them progress and to see what Rodgers done with the side. Again, showing uh, what a manager can do with uh, maybe a, not such a stronger team. A lot of people are saying, oh, if, and then I'm going back to United, oh, what, if Oli goes, you know, how, how would another manager work it? Oli's just using what he's got. No, Rodgers has come into Leicester City and he's used what he's got. He's made one or two changes and tweaks and signings and, and he's got himself a little formula that he thinks he's going to work. And, and a nice run in the cup is just something that can give them a bit of a push to, to keep the top four hopes alive because you've got to think Leicester City you know you don't know what it's going to be like in the second half of the season we're all still thinking they're you know Liverpool's closest rivals that's out of the question and Liverpool mm. are going to run away with it they've just got to make sure they keep maintaining uh, good results and a little run in the cup can can give a lot of boost to morale you know picking up a trophy could be the thing they need to make sure they secure Champions League qualification they're not the plucky underdogs anymore though Leicester City they're no. genuinely one of the fourth best teams in the Premier League and I was thinking about this last night and I was thinking about Manchester United's misfortune and Leicester City's rise. How many of those Manchester United first-team players that took to the pitch last night would make it into Leicester's starting eleven? I don't think a lot of the midfield would. None of the midfield. None of the midfield. Rashford. I Rashford. think some of the attackers might. Obviously, Maguire would have his place back in uh, um, uh, defence. Do you mean the team that started against City last night, though, yeah, Jim? So yeah, so the, the starting eleven from last night. I'd go about three or four. I'd go Rashford. Wan-Bissaka. For me, I, he'd be right back. Rashford, not, their right back is good, by the way. But. Yeah, uh, I, I think they're quite like. No, I was going to say Daniel James, but I don't. It's difficult to think of too yeah, many. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. the point not is, many. the point not is, Leicester City have got a strong. They no. haven't maybe got the depth, and maybe part of the success this season has been that they haven't suffered from injuries. They've been able to keep a reasonably settled eleven, but they've got a strong team there that's capable of competing with the best yeah that's come with good performances yeah. you know you you would have lined them up maybe at the start of this season and you would have had more United players than Leicester City players that go in the team like we just did then but now because of the performances and Leicester showing just how good they are that's why their players have moved up so highly in the ranks and, and regarded as you know like you say a top top team I mean the thing I wouldn't it's one of them things where I'd rather play Villa in the final than than Leicester yeah, 100% course. because that, we, we've we've Leicester, you never know what you're going to get, really. Uh, especially this season, it's a one-off game. You know, not 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 favouring them, but you know, it's uh, if you'd have said to me uh, when you know Claude Puel was there, I'd been like, I'll oh, bring on Leicester. But now with Rod- with Rogers is Leicester, I'm a bit like, oh god, no, you know, yeah, on, you just yeah. Inv- with Vardy's on on form, you just don't know. They can they, uh, one-off game, they can beat anyone on the day, Leicester. Mm. I think they can. Vardy's back for this game as well, which is bad news for Villa. And it's difficult to see Villa getting a result here, really, if we're honest, I think. Loads of injuries to players. So the injury list at the moment for Aston Villa is Wesley. He's out for the season. Tom Heaton is out for the season. Their reserve keeper, Jed Steer, is out as well at the moment. Midfielder John McGinn has been great this season. He's out as well. Matt Target, a right back, he's out. Should be back for Man City on Sunday. But it's, I mean, it's a difficult one for Aston Villa because, as I said, on one hand... It's a great shout for them 
to get to a final, to have a trip to Wembley, a distraction from what is a relegation battle for yeah. them as well. On the other hand, they don't want to pick up more injuries because the staying in the Premier League is it's got to be the priority. Absolutely. Um, they've been unfortunate with injuries. They've all come at once. So I kind of also... Um, come at the time where their form has drastically declined in the Premier League because when they started the season they started off alright and they were kind of hovering around mid-table and I thought oh, you know what They're, they've spent a lot of money in the summer I thought they might be okay mm. and then I remember like you know a couple of weeks go past and you check the table and you're like whoa I've got Villa right down there and that seems to have happened now obviously they've got no striker really that's they're trying to get a few players in out mm. in, in the transfer window loads of names being linked at the moment yeah, yeah um, you know and they've spent a lot so I don't know how much money they've got to spend still um, how much money they're willing to invest are they, you know, do they see uh, Dean Smith as someone they're going to stick by if they go down um, a cup run like you say it can be a, a blessing or a curse really because they'll be thinking well if we get past Leicester we've got to potentially face City are we going to be able to beat them and you think it's another game like you say if you get more injuries is that how, what's that going to do to their league form so yeah I, I mean it could go either way I think tonight I, I do fancy Leicester but you just just never know, do you? What do you reckon, Joe? I mean, bear in mind, Aston Villa have beaten Brighton, Wolves and Liverpool already in the Carabao Cup. I think Leicester are going to do it. I'm sorry, Aston Villa fans, but, you know, uh, and I think it might be a bit of a relief to them to know that they've got to focus on the Premier League. Although it is only one extra game, so maybe they uh, might fancy a bit of a, uh, a Wembley trip. Put but it this yeah. way, though. Imagine, tonight, imagine Grealish gets injured. I mean, what does that do to the season? No. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, I would say they're relegated. Yeah, they're relegated. Yeah. Gone. Speaking of those Aston Villa rumours, we'll move on to some of the transfer rumours in the papers on the back pages at the moment because there's always juicy tidbits in January. So Aston Villa being linked with an insane amount of players. Two of the more interesting ones, 17-year-old Louis Barry from Barcelona, who did oh, go yeah. to Barcelona from West Brom, who'd been at West Brom for 10 years and he didn't want to renew his contract. He's now gone over to Barcelona, 17 years old, looks like an amazing talent, but... I mean, I don't know a massive amount about him. I'm assuming you boys don't have a massive amount of knowledge on this guy. I actually read. Up, I actually saw an article oh, read up on, about him. He was the top goal scorer in a tournament for the England under 17s. I can't remember which um, which tournament it was, but um, he, he then went under to under 17 Bar- World Cup must have been. Yes, when yeah. they won it. He was England the top won. goal scorer for the, uh, for for England. Uh, he, he then went to West uh, to Barcelona only for a small fee of 100,000 pounds. West Brom were going to be fuming, by the way, because this well, was, it was a compensation fee, I think, rather than actual. Uh, oh, because the contract. Yeah. Right, because what uh, West Brom are fuming at is because obviously he's gone to Barcelona and now he's going to go to Villa, so it's kind of like a rival, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. but they're also fuming because they've got no money yet from Barcelona, and Barcelona haven't paid them for for him. So there's all sorts what, of like, hundred grand. Yeah, they haven't paid, they haven't paid it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And small bits like that all add up. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know where, know where that hundred grand might go. It's but, like uh, half a day's work for Messi, isn't it? I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're fuming. So I mean, West Brom are fuming at it because not only is he going to a rival, they still haven't got money for him. But uh, all I know is that he could be quite a good uh, prospect. And obviously, if Villa get him on the Cheap, he could be worth millions in the future. I mean, are they talking about a loan, Jim, or buying yeah, him? a transfer deal? Do you think? But it, surely he's not going to be the solution to to you know Wesley's injury. Is nah, he just it's one, not an immediate yeah, solution? But they need so. an immediate solution. Storage was being linked at one point, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, storage. I don't think that one's going to come off. Nah. I mean, he's still had his injury problems in Turkey. The name that I've seen linked today that I think is quite interesting is Christian Benteke. Oh, Benteke. Now, Benteke hasn't had a good game since he left Aston Villa <laughs> and went and played for Liverpool. Is that? I mean, I, there's something about Christian Benteke that makes me think he's got 
he's got the ability to be a top striker. He has. And maybe going back to Aston Villa is that little spark, that little reunion he needs to find that form again. He has got, he's clearly got ability because when he was at Villa the first time round, he was good, which is why Liverpool paid a lot of money for him. Mm. And he just, he's one of them players. He's still not that old, is he? I don't think as well. He's 27. So it's not, you know what I mean? He seems to have been around for years. I, I used to think he'd be a player that grabs you a goal. It's clear in the last four years that hasn't really happened or whatever, he's been, how long he's been at Palace. Um, I think Palace, if they can get a good fee for him, why not let him go? If they can bring, if Palace can bring someone in to replace him, they're not going to get a good fee for him. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not, <laughs> not, not, no, if they can get, if they can, get him off the wage bill, yeah, if, that's yeah. the key. I if think he's on get... like 150 grand a week at Palace or something insane. Like wow, that. that's a lot but of money. Imagine Villa could get him for say 15, 20 million, right? If they could get him for that, and he goes in and he, and he finds his goal scoring touch again, what a great sign it could be. I think it would be a good shout. Other transfer news involves Manchester United and Ashley Young, who apparently is talking to Inter Milan at mm. the moment about his future. Now, reports are that Manchester United aren't willing to make a call on his future, whether they'll let him go in this window or whether it'll be when his contract's up at the end of the summer. Would you let him go, Joe? I'd let him go at the, in the end of the summer. Well, you have to, because uh, he's out of contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let him go then. Don't renew him. If he renews him, they'll be uproar. If Ash Young gets a renewed contract, they'll be uproar, I think. Um, I'd let him just sit with uh, the likes of Brendan Williams and just sort of Wambasaka. Maybe not just uh, to learn off him, but to make sure that they know what their role is going to be like. Because he has been a long servant at United. He's won uh, Premier League trophies at United. He knows what it's like to play under the best managers. So maybe there's that sort of um, uh, role model in Away, you can look at him, but then he, he's done. He's United. confused me. I mean, I know he's been, he's been criticised a lot, Ashley Young, but he has been a good servant for United over the yeah. years. And obviously, in the later stage of his career at United, he's kind of made the move back to become mm. a fullback rather than a, a winger as he started out at United. Um, but it, it's confusing for me. To, I'm thinking United now more than ever. They need those experienced heads in there. I'm not even just saying... One of the very few leaders in yeah, that team. Yeah, you know, and obviously he was around from the Fergie era and he, and he knows what it takes to be a United player. He, you know, he's he's been a... Like you say, he's been there a long time. He knows the club inside out. For me, he's the sort of player that you need to help the young players kick on. Maybe, yeah. you know, he doesn't necessarily have to get much time on the pitch just to have his kind of presence and experience around the club. For me, it's like trying to offload Shaw, get rid of, it, get rid of him. Mm. Have, like you say, you know, Williams who could become the first choice left-back for United you know, for years to come. And Wan-Bissaka learn off Ashley Young. It's a bit yeah. of a confusing one, really, for me. More Crystal Palace news in the shape of Wolf Zahar. He's been linked with a move away from the club for the past 12 months now. But Chelsea and Tottenham, both interested, according to the Daily Express... Crystal Palace still want 80 million quid for him, which is going to put a kibosh on any deal. No one's going to pay 80 million quid for Wolf Sahar, are they? Well, Chelsea got a bit of money saved up, haven't they? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They were looking at the fact they didn't spend any money during the summer, but he's a big, big. Uh, I'd say if you get 60, if you can get him for 60 million, it's a good get. Yeah. And I think Palace will actually, when that offer is on the table, maybe look at it and go, actually, yeah, this is quite good for us. The 80 million is a pipe dream, but. If someone's willing to pay it, it's just a son of football and it's gone absolutely <laughs> Oh, but Chelsea have got some money saved up. Like, it's, you know... All, they have all, 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 all the Christmas spends saying they're going to buy one big Lego set. Yeah, in a big end. jar at the <laughs> yeah, corner yeah, of yeah. that. <laughs> but the thing is, Zaha, I think uh, Chelsea could be quite a good move for him because I think they've missed that sort of, that talisman that, you know, since Hazard's left. Mm. I think they, they, they may be... Need someone who can uh, mm-hmm. make something happen for him. I think that's how good with the man. Do you think he can make the, money you saw well. him at Old Trafford and he didn't quite work at Old Trafford. He didn't get people, much of a chance. He didn't get much people of a chance. People are questioning whether he can ha- make that step up from a team like Palace to a team like Chelsea or Spurs. Do you think he's got enough in him? I think he, he, when uh, at United he was he was just not given the opportunity because there was such pressure on David Moyes. I think what to obviously to win the Premier League again, which didn't go too well, did it? But there was a lot of pressure on him um, to, to start 
key men and not maybe bring through Zahar. So he was pushed aside a bit and the games where he did play, he didn't take his chances. Uh, but I do think if he was given the opportunity again uh, at a club like this, he will go for it with both barrels. And, you know, you might get an absolutely stunning season out of him, two seasons out of three seasons out of him. And it could be that player, like you said, for Chelsea, who is that sort of missing link for Hazard. Obviously not, not as good. The little spark they need. Spanish press are reporting an interesting one for Manchester City. I think this is a really exciting signing, potentially. Wolves Spanish winger Adama Traore, who has been one of the most exciting players in the Premier League this season for me. He was linked with a move to West Ham when he left Middlesbrough originally and we didn't pursue it for whatever reason. I think he was deemed not to have the the final ball delivery that the whoever the manager was at the time wanted. But I think he's a really exciting player, an absolute beast, super fast do you think he'd fit in at Manchester City, Adam? Yeah, I think, well, judging by the way he played against us this season, he's unbelievable when he played against us. Um, uh, interesting one, I was reading about him a while ago and uh, they're saying that the reason why he never quite made it at Barcelona is that he, uh, he needed to be told everything. So he had to be talked through and he was really almost self-conscious about getting things wrong and right. he'd be looking over on the touchline for instructions and if he made the wrong run it'd really affect him I think um, whatever um, well not just at Wolves but at Middlesbrough he's obviously kind of really made the step up I think not just physically but psychologically as well is something's clicked and he's absolutely flying now um, I wonder how much money it'd take for us to prime away from Wolves I think they'd be getting it's got a, to be 50 million on, I, isn't yeah it? I think so it reminds um, me of Mikel Antonio but better and not injured <laughs> which is which are two key things for a player yeah I know he's got that power he's powerful but quick yeah. fast and powerful it's quite hard to uh, to find players like that now so yeah I think he's I mean he's still quite young as well isn't he 23 yeah so he's uh, I think he could be good I mean especially depending on what happens with our wingers in summer I think let's see what happens with Sané in mm. particular and I think if Sané goes I think someone like Traore could come in. 50 million quid is the Manchester City price point. Everyone's well. 50 million. Everyone's yeah. 50 million. It's perfect for them. Right, there's more transfer news on our social media accounts. There's a two-minute transfer update video every single day during the window. You can find that on Twitter at The Sports Social or search The Sports Social in Facebook. That's it for today's Premier League Daily. Adam, Joe, thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers, Jim. Now, The Breakfast Show's going live, isn't it? Very oh, quickly, if you're in Manchester yeah. you want to go and see The Breakfast Show performed live, the Excess Manchester Breakfast Show, how can people get to that? And uh, what's it going to be for a start? Don't know. Oh, yeah, but what is <laughs> really good, really good, <laughs> bit of a laugh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you go on Exodus Manager's Twitter or Facebook, the link is pinned to the top of the post. We've got live music from two amazing bands, and Adam's going to tell you now what's going to happen in the show. Yeah. Take it away, Adam. So uh, it's essentially a version of the breakfast show, but we're going to do some games, got some prizes. What uh, games today, Adam? Take it away, Adam. Uh, all different bits and pieces. <laughs> uh, no, we did one of, uh, in December last year, and it was uh, it was good fun. It's at the Comedy Store in Manchester on the first of February uh, on Saturday morning. So if you fancy it, as uh, Joe said, the links on Twitter and Facebook. Five pounds. Playing as well, yeah, the K's uh, brilliant, oh, and uh, Scuttlers as well are coming down to uh, to do a bit Top of performance. So yeah, five or a ticket. Uh, come down, we'll hopefully see you there. Nice one, boys. Right, that is it for Football Social Daily. Click subscribe, you'll get the next episode as soon as it's ready, which will be tomorrow. See you then. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.